Hey everyone, and welcome to another exciting episode of Battle of the Atom. This is your weekly X-Men podcast where we rank every story from A to Z. I'm Adam. And I'm Zach. Hi, Adam. Hey, did you cast your ballot yet? Did you vote yet? Are you talking about voting voting for the X-Men? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we get to vote for an X, X person. The last, you know, we get to vote for like the third tier last X-Men uh on the hickman team so uh i think this comes out before the deadline right yes yes the deadline is tomorrow for voting so there's there's an article up on uh comics xf that you can get all of our opinions on we had all of our staffers throw in a pitch for each character my pitch was for armor because i chose whoever one didn't choose <laughs> i said everyone I... pick one I'll, I'll do the last one uh <laughs> I'm not voting for armor. Adam, who are you voting for? For the X-Men? Oh, I am I am uh very much in uh team Marrow, uh vote Marrow, but um I totally understand if someone is also team Tempo. Those are my two front runners there, but it's, uh I I cast my ballot for Marrow. I really like both of those and I personally would like to see strong guy defined by someone other than Peter Allen David. <laughs> I think that would be nifty. <laughs> That would be, you know, what's crazy is that like a lot of the contestants or not contestants, a lot of the, uh, the candidates, um, are actually in this episode. We, we have true. several of them. Yeah. It's true because in this episode we have a lot of X force, uh, to bring you. They're a force to be reckoned with. Uh, sure are. it's, it's interesting. We've got a story about people fighting X force, X force fighting their friends, uh, X Force <laughs> teaming up with their friends, friends fighting friends. It's a, it's a whole thing, and we There's have a lot of verses in this episode. You know, yeah, it's verses and ands, mm-hmm. and some ands mm-hmm. and verses. Even in the ands, yes. there's a verse. <laughs> uh, but we'll, we'll get to that uh, in a minute. All thanks to our Patreon supporter Alexander Lundquist. If you want to be like Alexander, you can go on over to Patreon.com/slash/ComicsXF. Throw a few dollars our way at the $5 month level. You can uh, get a whole episode built around one of your ideas. We have a really great list on the docket right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'd love, love to build that list out. <laughs> well, what are we starting off with here, Zach? Uh, uh, I wanted to say this is recent, but actually it's not. It's almost 10 years old now. It's not almost 10. Oh, my gosh. Adam, No. No, no. 2012. I've stymied you. That broke me, okay? (laughs) There's been a lot that I've just dealt with. (laughs) That. That. (laughs) No. (laughs) It's true. It's true. I just looked at the date and had a double take myself. But yeah, this is Cable and X-Force 1 to 5 by Dennis Hopeless and Salvador La Roca. Yeah, it is uh, part of Marvel Now, coming mm-hmm. out of mm-hmm. uh, the Avengers vs. X-Men event. Uh, 
the uh, they needed a new team. So if you don't know, uh, before Avengers versus X Men, there was a story where I forget what exactly what it was called. Cable hunted the Avengers for reasons after coming back from the dead. Uh, mm-hmm. When he died in Second Coming, uh, it was a Jeff Loeb story that involved blacksmith and a lot of weirdness, and I don't remember it being very good, and I've likely not read it in almost a decade. Yeah, his status quo is weird here. Hopes is just as odd because, you know, she's just gotten through AVX and is now in uh, with the Foster family in, like, suburbia somewhere. Yeah, Hope is trying to be a regular teenage girl going to school. And the problem with that is that she's Hope Summers. And when she was a baby, there was a genocidal madman trying to murder her. And that was her baseline for normal for, Mm -hmm. let's say, 16 years. Yeah, and here she is trying to just attend public school. It's it's pretty bananas. Um, But we've got some other issues here. Cable is... uh, as he will for many years after having some health problems, teaming up with Forge and getting a, a really like very strange arm because his arm has atrophied apparently. Yeah, so um, um, he had, <laughs> I believe, he had gotten the techno organic virus expelled from his body again. Right, right. But because he's cable, he needed a robot arm. <laughs> so Forge, Forge, who. Uh, Right before this, in an anthology thing, uh, in like Marvel Now, point one or something, there was a backup story where Forge uh, gets healed from whatever the heck Ward Ellis did to him in Astonishing X-Men, which is real bad. Um, And you know what? They're they're going to be the new X-Force because Cable's getting some visions of bad things that are happening. And he's he's getting a crew together. He recruits his old old pal Domino, uh, Doctor mm-hmm. Nemesis. He brings in because he needs a science weirdo. <laughs> and now, Forge, uh, Forge isn't enough of a science weirdo. <laughs> no, he needed Forge's is, Forge's is an engineering weirdo. Right. Doctor Nemesis is a science weirdo, and there's a difference. Yeah, and there's a lot of uh, like bio horror in this, so we need Doctor Nemesis around to to create on the spot cures for all manner of viruses. Right now, the the last person to join this team, the last person Cable recruits, is also going through uh, a weird status quo, quo right now, and that is Pietro Rasputin, Colossus. Uh, oh boy, this is post AVX. Uh, mm-hmm. So he kind of conquered the world a little bit. It wasn't great. <laughs> he did. He did. We've talked about AVX. It's mixed. They did a lot of good things, and then they also uh, declared themselves god kings of the world and tormented people in hell mountains. So some pluses, some minuses. Pietro's definitely uh, Pietro. Sorry. Uh, Piotr is definitely coming down on the side of uh, guilty conscience here. Um, so Cable has uh, basically amassed this team so that they can go after uh, the evil that is um, whatever the stand-in for Chick-fil-A is. In the- oh, it's just Chick-fil-A. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's a bigoted CEO right. who has... She she has some weird tainted meat coming that's going to turn everybody into meat monsters, and it's going to get right. blamed on mutants. And I'm going to be honest, uh, Dennis, 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 Hopeless Hallam, uh, buddy, 
that's a weird one. That <laughs> the plot the plot is not as strong here, even if the character arcs are pretty good. I I kind of like that this is um it's a little bit like Mission Impossible meets um you know like Cronenberg or something because we're we're going on this secret mission but when we get to the actual mission it's like feet like defeat these disgusting <laughs> blob like teethy creatures who used to be the people that worked at the meat processing plant it's pretty weird and i i understand that but i think the problem and why that may not land for me is Salvador Loca is the artist on this one and you could go one of two ways. You could go straight up actual grotesque horror, mm-hmm, or you could go mm-hmm. comedy. And I don't think Salvador La Roca goes far enough in either direction to make it work. They're just kind of weird blob people. Yeah, here's what I'm going to say. I had kind of forgotten that La Roca did this, and I think this is some of his strongest work. You know I'm not a huge fan of LaRocca, but his his like the way he's depicting the characters, the way the page is laid out, he works very well with Hallam here. Um and I I actually kind of like what he's doing. I mean, it doesn't always work, but I I think that this is some of the strongest stuff he ever did. Um and and I think that even the work he did after this kind of suffers in comparison. I mean, yeah, this is this is nowhere near as bad as say a uh, uncanny x-men uh no. run that he did with rosenberg or his star wars stuff which is atrocious Mm-mm. actually i think his best stuff might be in darth vader now that i'm thinking which is not okay. too it maybe two years after this is when he did that darth vader the first part of his darth vader stuff with uh kieran gillen's actually super strong i think mm. i haven't read it in a while i could be wrong and i don't think he leaned into photo reference on that until uh he did an arc on star wars <laughs> well, once you have to start drawing some faces and not helmets it becomes a different game listen it's um, pretty listen if you're photo referencing darth vader it just looks like darth vader because he has one expression and that's right. okay <laughs> it's all about the reflections on the helmet there um but i I, you alluded to this already, but the strength here is really that um, Dennis Hallam does a very good job, I think, with the voice of these characters. He gets Cable very well. He gets Hope very well. Um, I am a huge fan of the Cable-Domino uh, relationship that begins in this arc. Uh, you mean Colossus-Domino? What did I just say? You said Cable, who Domino no, was also no, no, had no. a relationship with. Okay, well, they're they're good too, but the Colossus I, I Domino. Don't, I don't think Domino and Cable in this have too good of an arc. In fact, I think Domino uh, is probably the least served in this until they add in the next arc. Uh, Boom Boom comes in, and then Boom Boom yes. and Domino have a great relationship. And it's actually alluded to at the beginning here where Boom Boom is talking to Domino off screen on the phone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that there are little hints dropped throughout this about like where things are going to go. Um, we get that conversation with Boom Boom. We get the first Colossus Domino hookup. Um, a random Deathlock appears out of nowhere. You know, it, it's dropping little, little hints of, of where things may go. And there are some things later in this series that the relationships really build off of what's starting here. And I think that's the Mm -hmm. strength of this book and why I remember it so fondly. 
Um, I still thought this worked really, really well. Um, you know, I think you're right that maybe the, the meat packing angle is a little bit strange, but I just kind of appreciate the weirdness of it because it allows Dr. Nemesis to do his Dr. Nemesis-y thing. Yeah. I, I like some of those elements and I like the, uh, cause the, the pitch of this is that the Avengers think X-Force are actual terrorists because of right. what happens at the meatpacking plant where innocent people do die. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that means that the Avengers, who are the uh, Avengers the Unity uncanny, Squad. The uncanny Avengers. The one the one that Havoc leads uh, <laughs> has some weird interactions, including a part where, like, Havoc tells Captain America, that's my nephew, be chill. And then Cable is not chill. And then Captain America looks at Havoc's like, come on. I'm Captain America. I'm the world's premier X-Men villain. I can take down an X-Men. Right. I love Captain um, America every time he's not in an X-Men book. The moment he great. appears in X-Men, it's a rough one. Every oh, other yeah. time, he's great. Well, and that that is, um, we didn't talk about this yet, but the, the story is told um, out of order. Mm-hmm. It, it's told um, sort of splitting things up through flashbacks and fast forward and and back again so we're starting at the 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 culminating point where they are going to be confronting the avengers and we're sort of rewinding and leading up to that point um and we conclude this arc with hope uh confronting cable and colossus turning himself in for war crimes yeah hey (laughs) so there's a lot going on here would it shock you if I told you that Salvador Larroca did not do the redesigns for this team? No, uh, I know that the Doctor Nemesis redesign is somewhat controversial because oh, because it's wearing... bad, and Dennis Hallam makes fun of it in this comic. <laughs> yeah, he's got this kind of like uh, cyberpunk look here. Uh, do you, Do you know why they uh, they had to not make any changes and just go with it and not say, "Oh no, these are bad"? Actually, no. Why? Because uh, Chief Creative Officer Joe Casada uh, did the designs. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. So that so, that tracks. Yeah. No, that makes you look at these and it's like, oh yeah, nope. Joe Casada did that. Um, but they're bad. And Joe Casada, you should <laughs> you should think I, about this next time. I would love to see those sketches because you can em. totally it's, see. It, it was a variant cover. I'll send it to you right now, bud. Oh, really? Okay. Because yeah. you can totally see Casada like. Doing that cable arm or or drawing Nemesis like that and it making a lot of sense. Ooh, Here's okay, the thing: okay. his Nemesis is just Grifter. Uh, in this these sketches, he's Grifter oh, from yeah. Wildcats. He 100. I've never seen this before. I hadn't seen this it until is right fascinating. now. Fascinating. Yeah, yeah, this I mean, makes a lot of sense. That so that they, solves uh, a, a question I had in my mind about this. <laughs> yeah, this is an interesting one. I don't think it's perfect. I don't think it's bad. Uh, I like it. I remember at the time, you know, um, surely not being into the uh, first volume of Uncanny Avengers. Um, I thought this was a, a weird sort of interesting thing that was just outside the realm of of what uh, we were seeing Bendis doing. So Mm -hmm. um, I dug it. Well, let's see how much you dug it because Adam, (laughs) we've got a list. We got a list. We got a list of all the X-Men stories that we've talked about on this show. We're going to get to every story that's ever existed. And we are 
shockingly, not even close to done. No. It's an uh, eternal goal. We have 459 stories on this list. Uh, we're on the road to 500. It's going to be an exciting time when we get there, but we're not quite there yet. No. Uh, number one on our list is House of X, Powers of Ten. Uh, number 100 is the Bendis Uncanny X-Men arc where they go to limbo uh, with that good Fraser Irving art. Uh, number 200 is Uncanny X-Men Annual number 18, a comic that I think Adam may have drawn or mm. written. Definitely definitely wrote that in my time machine. Yep. Uh, number 300 is Children of the Atom, the arc of Uncanny X-Men and X-Men where uh, Cerebro makes some X-Men. Instead of Danger making some X-Men, it's Cerebro that time. <laughs> uh, number 400 is X-Men 67 through 70, Infinitives of Evil. And then the last story is the Draco. We don't have to talk about that. This is way better than the Draco, though. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking this is a, a, a 200 story. Like, I'm, I enjoy it, but, uh, you know, it's got some some problems. Yeah. here's here. I think that's a good spot. Here's where I'm... I've started to dig into this. At 156, mm. we have X-Force Volume 4, 11 through 15, Us versus Them, which is a riff on this team. It's uh, the book that's a sequel to this and pulls out a lot of the same elements, but is also better. Well, not, where are we at the list? Where, 156. Where, where that's at 156. I think I think that uh, Cyspurrier uh, X-Force... Nah. Is better. Spurrier's, yeah, Spurrier's definitely got more going on, I think. Obviously, it's a more convoluted uh, convoluted story, but uh, it, that run is a little more successful, um, even though I enjoy this quite a bit. I think uh, this is better than uh, X-Men versus Agents of Atlas at 176, though. I, w- I would... You think it's this is better? Yeah. Okay. Um, I would put it... Let's see. You, I, we have the X-Force 75, which is X-Force going to Burning Man at 164. And I I don't know. I feel like we're in sort of the, the same realm here. Burning you know? Man is better. When the uh, X-Force yeah, uh, goes to Burning Man online, that's way better. Yeah, that's more of a, a good new mutant story. Um, this is very much a, a cable story. So um, I do think it's probably better than um how do you feel about it next to power pack 19 guess who's coming to dinner i like i like that power pack story better they have a very all good, right they have a very good thanksgiving i think this is right around the same level as number 172 on our list which is Shatterstar, the tim Seeley. oh uh, yeah siavila uh mm-hmm. Arc. I think that Shatterstar story is better. Okay, uh, but this is this is definitely better than 175 X Men the manga. It's it's probably better than the Maggot Origin issue, right? At 174, mm-hmm. yeah. Is it, better, is it better than that Gold Balls issue? I think it is. Okay, that's that Gold Balls issue where Gold Balls <laughs> becomes a superstar. Uh, is that is that Valerio Shidi? On that art on that one with Bendis? I'd have to go back. I yeah, think I, I it is. That that sounds right. So this is going to be our new 173. This is going to be our new number 173. That's Cable and X-Force Wanted. Wanted. Uh, you know what I don't want? I 
honestly to talk about <laughs> to talk about this next story um oof. this one made me mad I'm curious on why this made you mad. I remember why I picked this because it was the okay. only thing I remembered about this series. Uh, and I forgot the rest and the rest is not fabulous. Oof. All right. So folks, this is Deadpool versus X-Force. Yeah. Uh, art uh, written by uh, Dwayne Zerzinski and art by... Pepe Larraz. Pepe Larraz. <laughs> the, so we got Dwayne Swizinski, who wrote the Daddy Cable stuff that I do like. Mm-hmm. And we got Pepe, who... We don't have to tell you that Pepe Larraz is good at drawing comics. Yeah. Um, obviously, Pepe right now is top of the game. I, Absolutely I don't think fantastic. Don't think there's literally anybody who can compete with him at this point. Um, he just for funsies has been doing little animation tests. Yeah, screw and him. Scary good, like scary good. And I'm I'm like, just stop, Pepe. You're putting the world to shame. Um, this is, I believe, probably this is in between his Kanan run, um, which was kind of like his his first big comics run. And this is before he hits Uncanny Avengers for sure. Yeah, it uh, is. With, with Jerry. So we're kind of in that early stage. This is a much more cartoony look, but still, you can tell this is an outstanding artist uh, oh, yeah, working this is, on this, this comic. Is, this is recognizably uh, LaRoz. In fact, this is before Kanan. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I'm looking. He... It looks like he did a uh, a couple of backups in some things. Uh, did a little bit on New Avengers, Luke Cage, and mm-hmm. Web of Spider Man in 2010. So he had he had done a few things, done a couple minis, uh, but nothing uh, nothing really substantial up until this point. Well. He does get a real chance to to have some fun here with this uh, this mini series, which is all about Deadpool having been sent back in time by the individual who creates the time travel that will eventually become Cable's body slide technology. Um, Francis Talbot. Now, where this starts to fall apart almost immediately is the fact that this is supposed to take place in between New Mutants 97 and 98. So X-Force has not formed yet, but can we We have some members already here, like Warpath, Domino, Cannonball, and Boom Boom, who are going to go with Cable to hunt Deadpool down. Not that Domino the was actually there at the time, but that's fine. Um, can we talk about something? Sure. Before we get to the actual thing, can we talk about how much stuff happened between New Mutants 97 and 98? Uh, Because they keep going back to that very specific one month period. Because for some reason they think that's peak X-Force, which is wild. It's strange, right? Major X happens there. Yep. The... The... The Nadler Thompson Peralta cable run that I love mm-hmm. goes back there. Yep. This goes back there. And I uh, know we are not done. 
I know there's more. I bet <laughs> I bet there's solo Deadpool stuff that I'm forgetting that also goes back to that exact moment. I'm sure. Um it's a lot. It is, and you know what else is a lot is um Dwayne. Like buddy. I get it. You want to go back and you want to have like uh, an alternate history, American history kind of jubilee here. It's going to be real fun. Not real fun to uh, start with uh, Deadpool leading Confederate soldiers and wrap up with him covered in swastikas. It's a lot to take and I do not like it at all. And I feel bad that Pepe had to draw this stuff. Yeah, so let's let's talk about the plot. It's a time travel thing. Deadpool screws up his initial mission to kill Cable and goes yep. farther back in time and farther back in time and farther back in time because uh, Dr. Talbot, uh, his son, died in the, uh, the Gulf War conflict uh, back mm-hmm. in the early 90s. And so he says, well... How about American imperialism is even better? So what he does is ha- go to uh, Germantown in 1777 and have the uh, the Americans absolutely obliterate the Redcoats. And then go further in time so that at Gettysburg, the Confederates win really big. And then Deadpool becomes the personal protector to Adolf Hitler and kills everybody who goes back in time to try and kill Adolf Hitler which is an interesting gag in a vacuum, but then now that Nazis are like an active going concern feels way worse than it did in 2014. Oh like my God. I it it was the it was the same thing then, but I think enough people, myself included, had culturally removed Nazis from active problems in mm. how little we knew. That was that was a mistake on our part. We all hecked up on that. Yeah. It's funny. I brought this uh, issue up and, and uh, the Edelmans ended up talking about it when they reviewed um, Excalibur Weird War 3 mm-hmm. on um, Chris's on Infinite Earths. And, you know, the idea that throughout especially the 80s and the 90s, Nazis and their, their iconography were used as sort of a stand-in for like uh, klutzy, dumb, easily identified as evil villains, and it it watered it down to the point where we forgot. Uh, I don't think anybody really forgot about the horrors, but they're clearly like as a pop pop culture thing. It's used as this shorthand for evil and for for gags. And at the same point, like we're forgetting that it's a real concern and that it is an actual thing that needs to be fought against on a daily basis so that you don't, you know, get to where we've been uh, in recent history. So especially having it really like all over the place towards the end of this series, you know, we've got um, Nazi sentinels, you know, uh, it's a lot. And I just don't want to interact with it. Yeah, that that part's weird. It's from a cultural standpoint, it's very interesting for me personally. And I think it'll be interesting uh, for some of our younger or older listeners than me who didn't have this same experience in that I grew up in the you know 2000s playing video games. And there was a running joke in the early and mid 2000s about how like 
so many video games in essentially the entire first-person shooter genre that wasn't Half-Life or Halo was shooting Nazis in World War II. Mm. That's all it was. That's all it was up until Call of Duty Advanced Warfare. Yep. That's yeah. Which was Call of Duty 4 at the time. Uh, I wasn't a big Call of Duty head, but I know distinctly there was a there was a shift at that point. But Nazis were just like random random folks you shoot at in a video game. It's like, hey, you're bad, you're bad, and we we definitely diluted as a culture uh, the impact of some of the horrors that happened. And this comic is definitely a byproduct of that. Yeah. It's turning it into a punchline in a way that makes me very uncomfortable. And it, it also doesn't help that this story doesn't really end it. It just immediately jumps to a page in new mutants 98 and calls it a day. Well, that's because Deadpool has a gun that he just kind of gets, and that's not really well explained, Dwayne. Uh, but he has a gun that erases someone from all continuity of all time, which, mm-hmm. again, in a vacuum, is a good gag. Yeah. Like, great gag. Love that. That's that's super duper. Uh, and he uses it on uh, Talbot, and uh, it goes back in time and erases all interactions of Talbot of all times. Uh, and then, you know, rubber bands the time stream back after... Uh, after X-Force has to... Okay, this this sounds... Again, logically in the comic, <laughs> it makes sense. This sounds really bad to say after X-Force uh, helps the British uh, defeat the American revolutionaries and also evens the odds in the Battle of Gettysburg so that the... Well, I guess the Confederates not winning is a very good thing, uh, but Gettysburg was, again, a national horror uh, for America. So not not like super things to happen in a comic that I wanted to read with really good Pepe Larraz art. And that was all I remembered from this. Yeah. Yeah. It's a it's tough. You know, you want to go back and you want to enjoy that art. But the story is just it, it's um, it's tasteless. And the, the shall problem- we say. The problem is because of the ways the story is tasteless and because of the iconography and because of everything that has to be drawn for this story, even the art is like, hey, you drew that really well. That is swastika Deadpool. Right. Right. And I don't like I don't I I don't love Deadpool in general. Uh, Like he's not a fave. He's not a Nazi. Right. I don't want him to be. No. It's, I don't think the Nazis should have nice things. I mean, it's just, it, it makes for a very, very uh, troubling read. And uh, I think we should rank this because um, I was, when I knew it was a Pepe Larraz comic, I was like, oh, this is going to be cool. Um, now having read it, I'm, I'm not super hip to it. So um, yeah. where, where the heck do we put this on our list, Zach? I think it's interesting. We even, we even... We even overlooked the fact that Deadpool helps the Americans do a genocide on China China in the Boxer Rebellion. Uh, oh my god, for- I forgot about that. <laughs> Jesus Christ. This, this comic weird. is crazy. <laughs> it's not good. It is bad in bad ways. Uh, there, the, the one other nice thing I'll say about it is there's recap pages at the end 
that uh, I think are pretty delightful in general. Uh, but that's about it. This is weird. Okay, I don't love it. What's at three hundred right now? I just oh wanna, no 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 no. This has got to be a four. This is a four hundred story. I just want to get the feel for it. Yeah, three hundred <laughs> is New X Men choosing sides. Um, this is worse than that. Yeah, it is. Four hundred is. is the. This is worse than the Emma Frost. The first Emma Frost arc. Yep. Mm-hmm. It is. It is. Uh, I would much rather revisit my survival guide to the mansion at 409. Yeah, um, you ain't wrong. Yeah. Jeez. Uh, like, we we always have this sort of weird uh, area on the list where things start to go very offensive. <laughs> we've definitely tripped into that here. Uh, we've, we've both tripped into it. And... It's offensive in ways that are culturally were culturally accepted things in 2014 that we would have been just fine dealing with until we realized how much of a threat Nazis were again. And I that's, guess I, I guess it's it's just it's. It's I, I can't even say thing. that. I can't even say like, oh, it was it was like this would have been fine. I, I can't go there because I don't think it would have been. <laughs> I don't. I, I never I didn't read this at the time, but I, I, didn't like either. I still would have still would have raised some some eyebrows here. I feel like the um, last five years have changed any conversation involving fictional Nazis in such a wild way. And it should. It, it should. I'm not disagreeing with it. In my brain, it's hard to reconcile because. That was only five years ago. Hmm. Wow. Uh, but you know, I mean, you're right. You're right. Yeah. Ugh. Okay. This. So. Hey, it, you know what it, else was weirdly offensive? Where are you looking? 446 is the first Banshee story. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That, that, was, that was. That's, that's nice the most and racist. like. <laughs> again. That's offensive. In ways that are. Not the way you'd think. Yes. Well, okay. Here's what I'm going to say. Right below that is um, Extreme X-Men 36 to 39, which is Storm the Arena. Um, I think if you go back to that episode, we we, we trashed that story. Here's what I'm going to say about this story. Yes, it has these offensive components. It is, however, a uh, a story with a beginning, a middle, and not really an end. But it's it, it is, does cop out on the end. It, it is very well crafted from an art perspective, so I think it could be our new four forty seven, and squeeze in just above Storm the Arena, because once we start getting down here, like the storytelling, the 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 comprehension level starts to go down big time too. It really does. Like I'm looking above that a bit. Far a few spots above that's uh, X Factor Multiple Birth, which is a story I find deeply troubling, but again has a beginning, middle, and end. Mm. Uh, I think this is man. This these are the weird ones to rank because it's uncomfortable saying it's better than something we're, in any ways. We're, we're comparing atrocities. <laughs> that's what we're doing. This is very. I would awkward. say this is better than that first Banshee story, and probably as a story better than the Warlock Wakes. Okay. But, like, the Fraction Greg Land Sisterhood arc 
that's better than this because that's just bad in the ways that comics could be bad in 2009 or whatever. Yeah, I, I think I would put Prisoner of Love ahead of this as well at 444. So can this be on our new 445 and we don't have to talk about it anymore? Yeah, 445 seems like a safe spot to not have to deal with this one. I forgot. I'm sorry, Adam. I got I was blinded by Pepe Larraz. It was like, oh yay, I get to look at some Pepe Larraz art for four <laughs> issues. That's a treat. Adam will be happy with me for this pick. And I was I I got to the end of the first issue and I just thought, oh no. Hey, look, oh, it's fine. No. It's fine. Uh so we've had uh cable and an X-Force. We've had Deadpool versus X-Force. How about we have Cable versus X-Force? That's right. This is X-Force Volume 1 number 45 and 50 written by Jeff Loeb uh with pencils on the first issue by Terry Dodson and pencils on the second oversized issue by Adam Polina. Yeah, with a big two-page wraparound cover by Mr. Rav Liefeld. <laughs> that's the one that they show on Marvel Unlimited, and that's actually a variant. Oh, well, it's it's yeah. The real nice the real that that the real cover stand, is a big uh, same size as the Rob. So a gate a full gate fold, you know, four cover size, uh, but it's Adam Polina. Oh man, they should have published that one. I would rather look at that. That's in the uh, trade. Uh, as the main one and it's way better because uh, it's adam polina yeah i was i would say um now even though we're just covering 49 and 50 uh the the plot to this is teased in 48 um which we're not ranking here as part of this because sebastian stan in corp uh encounters hey sebastian, none other... Se- sebastian stan you're talking about bucky from the, oh the famous the famous uh captain america movie the captain america i can't the first adventure <laughs> you're talking sebastian about that guy shaw. from gossip girl right sebastian shaw encounters um an age of apocalypse uh carryover um and that is apocalypse's son holocaust speaking of again the ways God. that we did not appropriately treat uh atrocities just I'm, throwing that in there i'm glad that they changed his name to a more general word for an atrocity in genocide. Hmm. Still not a good name. No, no. Um, But Sebastian Shaw has uh, a despicable plan, and that is to take out X-Force and pit them against Cable and Domino and uh, see if their combined might can can beat them. Um, That's pretty much how things go. It's a weird plan. Uh, so Sebastian Shaw and Tessa and again, Apocalypse's Age of Apocalypse kid with the fire face. Uh, they capture X-Force pretty easily. And then they just mind wipe them and they have them attack Cable and Domino from Jeff Loeb's Cable series. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then they have a... It just kind of ends because Tessa, or Sage, uh, says, hey, uh, we we hacked up. <laughs> we got to go. And then they just go. Right. And then X-Force she... hangs out with Cable. Yeah. that That's pretty much it. Um, and, of course, Sebastian is trying his best to, to stop 
Apocalypse's kid uh, from like just killing everybody all the time. Um, one of the henchmen gets taken out very quickly. Yeah, um, but, I don't. But... <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what he thought was going to happen. <laughs> yeah, it's it's strange. Um, but yeah, we we get this mind wipe. Uh, Sage, you know, just very conveniently can't keep it up for very long, and even tells Sebastian like, I, I I don't know if I can do this much longer. And he's like, Well, just you know, keep it up as long as you can. And then uh, they all fight. Uh, Caliban does a shining impression, and <laughs> um, and then they're all happy at the end. You know, it's, it's great. It's interesting. I'll tell you. So a peek behind the curtain. We had initially planned for the stories that were around this, mm-hmm. uh, but then me and Adam started arguing in a nice, polite way Yes, about what should count, because this is a weird two-issue story that's plopped in between a lot of really good developments for Boom Boom. I guess she's Boomer in these, and Meltdown immediately after this. Right. Yeah, that happens in the issue after this. So this is plunked directly into this whole thing with with Boom Boom and Sabretooth and Sabretooth escaping. And that really has nothing to do with these two particular issues, um, which is just Shaw going after Cable and the X-Force. And it was really like... frustrating when I realized that I wasn't going to get to talk about the good stuff that I liked. And I had to talk about this middle filler stuff because that's what it is. It's filler. Like they have, they have Terry Dodson jumping in on uh, one of the issues as a fill-in artist, and it's Terry Dodson. If that's your fill-in artist, free and great. Good Doing job, great. team. Yeah. Uh, I think Adam Polina. I love Adam Polina. I'm actually, I'm not incredibly excited for Bad Idea Comics. I'm excited that there's an Adam Polina comic coming out of it. Hmm. I didn't know that. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And and. There is still some good Boom Boom content here. Um, we get her reunion with her kind of deadbeat dad um, at some suck. point. And then Shaw just, you know, blows up his trailer. <laughs> so that doesn't last for very long. Yeah. There, there's there's some nice little character touches in 49. 50 is much more of a, you know... The novelty of hero versus hero fist fight. So we're, we're going to get Cable and Domino on the run until the the, the assault stops, essentially. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's all it is. It's kind of a nothing story, which is unfortunate because the stuff around it I like. It's look, it's uh, it's not terrible. It's just kind of like blah. And uh, I think Dodson and Polina do a nice job. But um, like you said, it, it's sort of this weird detour um, in the midst of a, of a larger arc, mainly about Boom Boom um, and sort of coming to some realizations about her personality. So uh, that we'll cover that another time. Yeah, eventually. Somebody somebody tell us to talk about the time that Sabretooth escapes from the mansion. <laughs> Please. I want to talk about. Not that story all that much. I do want to talk about the Boom Boom story around it. and Or, heck, somebody somebody, give us $5 so we can talk about a Boom Boom episode. I would love to do a Boom Boom oh, episode. Yeah. Do, a whole, do a whole thing. Uh, oddly, enough, oddly enough, uh, uh, Explain the X-Men, the podcast, 
actually did cover the the boom booms saber tooth stuff on uh last week's episode so if you go back uh to that you can you can you know sort of put this particular story into more context but oh, I've, there, I've, there's I've, not I've, a I've lot missed that oh that's okay there's there's not a lot going on in these two issues unfortunately but if you are a dodson early dodson or a polina fan you, you'll probably get a kick out of the artwork um but I, I think you could probably distill everything that's happening here to the the summarization that we the summary that we uh, that we just gave. Did, did you want to say anything else about this? No. <laughs> no? Let's rank okay. it. We're already running long. Let's rank this bad boy. Okay. Uh, it's between the two stories that we have. Yes, certainly not as bad as Deadpool versus X Force, but it's not um, there. It's just kind of a nothing story. Uh, so, where's Road Trip? It's worse than Road Trip. Oh, Road Trip is. Hold on. I'm searching, 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 searching. Mm. Man, we got a lot of low-ranking X Force. Sorry, X Force, you're uneven. Road Trip is up at 190. Yeah, it's worse than it's worse than Road Trip at 190. Uh, I'm sure. It's about on par with the first Purple Era story at 234. I I would say that the the 44 is probably better. We're getting a, a you know a more character development there, whereas this is sort of just kind of like a mindless attack and run story. Yeah. Um, Ooh, certainly. I, do, yeah. Go ahead. I have a good comparison. Mm. How do you feel about it compared to X Factor? happenings in vegas uh at 254 that's the peter david arc where they go to las vegas and team up with thor and also rain does some really unethical stuff about lying about her pregnancy to uh richter yeah i mean they're they're similar you know that one does have the um i don't know they're they're about on par. I'm looking down below that though, and I I think I would put God's Country ahead of this. Yeah, that's probably fair. I would put Cannonball Fighting Gladiator ahead of this. Yeah. Um, how do you feel about it next to something like the Marvel Fanfare Savage Land arc? I think that's I think the Savage Land arc is probably better, honestly. Okay. Okay. Uh, you know it's. <sighs> It's probably better than the quarantine arc of Fractions Uncanny X-Men. Yes. Just yep. the art alone. Mm-hmm. Um, is it better than what happened to Cassidy Keep from Generation X? A I story don't... that other people hate and I find <laughs> kind of delightful. All right. Here's what I'm going to recommend. I think the first appearance of Havoc, which has the first Neil Adams art, um is probably better yes um it and then i think the generation x cassidy key Park is probably worse so this would be our new 275 yeah this could be 275 perfect oh no i copied them to every possible column oh, i Jesus. broke the spreadsheet <laughs> it's fine I that's fixed easily it. fixed that's easy i'm fixed. so good at excel people don't under <laughs> people don't understand that about me i'm so good at spreadsheets <sighs> Oh my god. I know, I know, right. I know. We uh we we cabled. We we X forced it. Yeah. <laughs> um uh. and that that's our episode. Again, we wanna thank Alexander Lundquist for uh 
being being our friend here on this episode, uh, helping us uh, keep everything going around here. He went on over to Patreon.com slash Battle the Atom. Nope. Nope. He didn't do that. That's Mm-mm. not the URL anymore. It's no. Comics XF. Uh, there's a lot of great stuff there. We actually just had uh, this past weekend as we're recording this, our uh, first ever Comics XF Discord uh, get together for the uh, patrons. That was uh, fun. At the ten dollar month level, yeah, I had to, I had to miss all but like the last second of it, and I am sorry <laughs> about that. Uh, but it was that great. was really cool, and I can't wait to do the next one. Uh, we actually, I, I don't, I don't know, like when we're doing the next one, but it was fun. Like we even showed off some like exclusive stuff in there too, which uh, was was fun. So Charlie and I were hosting, and and we had a good time. It'll be fun. I'm excited. The next one will be in February. Uh, we'll keep you posted on that. Um, yeah, and if you want to support the show, all of them, all the money goes towards uh, Comics XF uh, and all of the writers for that. It's uh, people deserve to get paid for their work, and unfortunately, comics uh, writing uh, doesn't pay well at all, mm. and it's hard to make money on. So, uh, you know, support the stuff that you like. Uh, Because you're you're supporting real people and allowing them to do really cool stuff. Uh, That's all I had in terms of pitching that. Uh, ComicsXF is a great website. Go check that out. We have some really good articles. There's one that went up last week uh, that uh, Zach Rabaroff, who's been on the show, wrote about how he read every Marvel comic uh, and how that impacted his mental health. Uh, It's a very good read. I highly recommend it. but yeah, go check that out and check out the Twitter at ComicsXF. Adam, what's up? Uh, guys, you can always follow me on Twitter at Arthur Stacy, And uh, if you're on Instagram, um, I've been posting art and lots of process shots there. So Instagram.com slash Adam.Rec. Adam's uh, a quality Insta follow. You got to check that out. <laughs> Again, you, Zach. As, as I am with all things social media, never try and find me. <laughs> we wouldn't ask don't you do to. it don't do it if if you find my not well hidden private twitter account and hit i would like to be your friend i have no problem saying no to this one not not happening not happening i just i just i, I need my space i need zach needs his own little dome where i can live in my introverted nature and not have to deal with uh putting on my podcast voice all the time. No, so it's really good. No one begrudges you that. Um, and yeah, we are going to put on our podcast voices and maybe our, our disco, uh, like, I don't know, disco clothes and our roller skates. And what, what do we got going on? We got, we got a, a lot of dazzler coming up, right? We got double dazzler. Double dazzler. Very excited about double dazzler. Uh, that's, <laughs> That's two weeks of Dazzler content for you. That wasn't yes. planned. That just happened. And I'm so excited about Double Dazzler. I am too. It's going to be great. It will be. But until then, guys, this has been Bow the Atom. We hope you survived the experience. <laughs>